What's up, Eagle Nation? Welcome on into episode three of the Eye on the Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Tim Hackett. We're joined this week by head cheer coach and assistant athletic director, Melissa Shipman. Last couple of weeks, we've gotten to introduce you to our four fall sport coaches, but this week we're going to let you meet some other folks that you're going to get used to seeing on the sidelines here in the fall, and especially as we move on into the winter and spring. These three folks do a whole lot for the athletic department year-round. Melissa, thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How are you doing so far? Doing good. You know, obviously this year has looked a lot different than what we're used to for the start of school, so it's been interesting, but we're hanging in there. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about first. Uh, I mean, let's not bury the lead here. It's been a, a very different full calendar year for just about everybody in this country and in the world, so what is this summer, the preseason, look like for you guys, especially how compared to how it normally looks? Yeah, I mean, everything's been different for us. So um, we basically got put into lockdown, if you will, um, right before uh, spring break. So that actually kind of made a difference on everything that we were doing from um, our um, – our open gyms and our tryouts. So we had to do all of our tryouts online, which is something obviously that we're not used to. Um, and so while we had several girls that we had met in person and signed, there were so many girls that literally the first time meeting them was when they were submitting their video auditions. And so um, it was very different, but we still selected a team. Um, it was kind of one of those things where we thought we were going to be playing it by ear and you know, our summer was going to look somewhat normal. Typically, we're practicing, you know, two to three weekends a year, or I mean, a summer. We're coming in, um, you know, in July and getting ready to go to camp, and everything just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and eventually got canceled. So, the first time that we actually saw each other was when we reported for move in, which was August 21st. So, it was very different. Um, you know, it, it was not ideal because we lost a lot of our um, time that we're used to getting ready for the season and getting ready to be on the sidelines. Um, but, you know, we've just rolled with it. And obviously there's so many things that we can't control. So we're just trying to control what we can do. And that's trying to keep our kids as healthy as possible and um, keep them ready to participate whenever that time comes. After this weird summer, we were really, weren't really able to see each other for pretty much the entire season. What was it like when everybody was finally able to be there in person with each other for the first time? I mean, I think everybody would agree it was a little bit awkward yeah. because I was probably yeah. the only one that like had been talking to everybody. Um, it was different. I will say I have to give a huge shout out to our lone senior, Brooke Riley, because she was amazing in keeping everyone engaged throughout the summer. I think that our, our group meet and our conversations um, were so much you know more frequent just because that was our only means of communication whereas before we would be used to like going you know two to three weeks and then being together in person and so she did a really great job of just making sure that you know we were still doing workouts and we were still cleaning cheers and still doing all those things on the sidelines and she gave weekly challenges to everyone and so she was amazing at keeping them engaged so I think it was very apparent right off the bat that she was going to be an amazing leader for us and um, so I think that that helped for them to kind of know her name and know who was kind of kind of going to be leading the team this year. And so um, when we got back together, like I said, it was a little awkward. You know, we needed to have that time of just getting to know each other. But we've spent a lot of time being able to do that. And so I think it really helped to just put us all on the same page of as, you know, what to expect this year and kind of how we have to move forward in order to have a season. Now that you've gotten to actually meet your team and be with each other for a few weeks now, what can you tell us about this version of your of the so it's exciting because this is a it's a young team so like I said we only have one senior um and we have a, oh gosh uh 10 new girls wow. so I mean that's 
almost half of our team that's completely new. But I will tell you, man, this freshman class is something to be reckoned with. They're insanely talented. Um, and so it's really fun to just watch them kind of like jump into this and, and move into college cheer, you know, because the worlds are completely different. And so um, I'm excited. I'm super excited. You know, it's kind of one of those things we talk about, like you, you get this team that you're super excited about and then everything on the outside just looks completely different. So we're just trying to allow that excitement to just roll into every single practice and still keep moving forward, even though things are different. So yeah, and speaking of things looking different, uh, what does the competition season look like for you this year? When do things get started? Yeah. So normally, you know, as far as how it's starting, everything is pretty, uh, pretty much the same. So normally we start right around homecoming time. As soon as homecoming's over, we're jumping right into national season. So typically we're competing in January um, around Martin Luther King weekend. And so we start choreography, we start, um, you know, preparing for that in October. Um, we've typically picked the mat and usually post it right after homecoming is over. And so we're still going to move forward with those things. Um, we actually have um, a private camp coming up um, with our choreographers. And so we're just going to still continue to go with that. Um, we don't know for sure when nationals is going to be, if it's still going to be held in January. There's been talk about maybe moving it just to kind of maybe push it past, you know, cold and flu and COVID season. Yeah. Um, but we're just moving forward like everything is normal. And so, um, yeah, we're going to start preparing. And if it does get pushed back, then we're just going to be thankful for more time to prepare. Yeah, speaking of uh, things getting pushed back, as we all know by now, the first home football game scheduled for this past weekend was postponed to later on this season. The makeup time will be announced whenever we know it. But uh, I'm sure that was disappointing for you and the ladies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, football is something, football and basketball, really, when we get to be on the sidelines, like that's a whole different part of, of our job here on campus that we enjoy. I mean, that is ultimately our first and foremost responsibility is to be, you know, cheering on our teams here at Apple before we even think about competition. And so leading up to that first home football game is always really exciting, you know, making sure that we're sideline ready and we have all of the timeouts prepared. We have all, you know, everything just ready to go and so to have that build up and then obviously have it canceled was disappointed I know our girls were super super disappointed so um you know it is what it is we're thankful that we're healthy we're thankful that it was our players that were healthy instead of you know the reason why we had to cancel with the opposite team and so we're just gonna like I said keep moving along and hope that you know we get another another yeah. chance you know the next home football game is going to be homecoming so that's going to be exciting. You know, we're still going to have lots of things to do around that time. And so we're just looking forward to that. So talk about a way to kick off the home season, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it again, you know, we knew that this was going to be our year all throughout. And so all that we can do, I think it's important as an athletic department that we're all just looking out for each other and encouraging each other as much as possible and obviously doing everything that we can to stay safe and healthy. And so um, we're just going to do our part to make sure that we're, wearing our masks and social distancing as much as possible. You know, obviously that's difficult whenever we're actually sure. doing our sport sure. because we're a contact sport for sure. And so we just try to sanitize as much as we possibly can in between, you know, all of the times whenever we switch groups or doing the things, we just try and be as cautious as we can as our way of looking out for the other sports that are here too, so. When we actually start having home events coming up here soon, uh, first home football game will be homecoming, like you mentioned. What can we expect to see? Are you planning anything new or different? What are you most looking forward to? Yeah, no, to be honest, we're really not doing anything um, different, but it does seem, you know, for people maybe that haven't been to a football game in the last couple of years, they probably would see some things that are different just because we've really tried to focus on building traditions um, on the sidelines. And so 
Obviously, um, you know, our, our fight song just rolled out a couple of years ago. And so that's been really exciting. So you'll continue to see that. Um, you know, we've instilled kind of some traditional timeouts that you'll see, you know, in between the quarters or when a timeout's called on the, on the court. Um, and so we're just going to continue with a lot of that just because we know that that's something that our students already know how to do and know how to participate in. And so we're just going to keep moving forward with that. Um, we do have, you know, um, some new crowd leading things that we do with large flags that we've purchased and some more signage and things like that just to kind of encourage the crowd to cheer along with us a little bit more. But other than that, we're just kind of continuing with what we want to build on, which is the traditions that we started a few years ago. So, And speaking of tradition, this is a milestone year for the program. This is the 20th year of Avalanche cheer, dance, and football, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's super exciting. Um, and it's great because it's a really great way for us to get our alumni involved. I mean, I say it all the time. I personally think that we have the best alumni out there. Um, our, our alumni are super involved in everything that we do. I mean, it's it is uh, rare that you don't see at least five to six alumni making a trip to nationals yeah. with us or, um, you know, five to six of them on every single, you know, sideline of a football game or things like that. We just have such great in involvement and engagement from our alumni, and we honestly could not do this without all of their support, um, whether it be through fundraising or just coming to all of our events whenever, uh, whether it be a football game or when we're preparing for nationals. Um, I even have times whenever alumni will come in and run my practices for me, and so... I just think it's so great for us to be able to learn from the legacy of this program that we've built. Um, and we've grown so much from when we started, you know, the very first years, it was cheer and dance together. And so we're thankful that Cindy had the, you know, the vision that she did and so that it worked through uh, being able to build two incredibly strong and successful programs. And so we just um, are grateful that we have alumni that wanted to continue that and just push us to continue being better. So it's going to be really fun. We have a lot of um, events coming up that, you know, are going to be centered around homecoming or centered around whenever we do have our national send off. And so um, we're just excited to, to have alumni back on campus and celebrate that for sure. It's awesome that you've been able to build and cultivate that network of alumni that has now lasted for so long yeah. because this is the 20th year and you've got people that come back in. It's just a testament to how strong of a program that you guys have built. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been really great. You know, obviously um, we have... Um, both programs have a national championship team and um, both programs have Hall of Fame team. And so it's really fun to just, again, be able to see our, let our younger um, athletes learn from those that have come before them, if you will. So it's great to have that engagement. Well, Melissa, I hope to, we're, we're excited to see you guys add to that legacy this year. We're hopefully going to get that started up soon at the first home football game coming up later on next month. So thanks a lot for being here. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Welcome back to episode three of Eye on the Eagles. I'm your host, Tim Hacker. We're joined by Avila Head Strength and Conditioning Coach Brian Silek. Coach C, thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Well, we're excited to have you. You do a lot of stuff around the school, off-season and on. It doesn't really matter. You are a busy man, so thanks for being with us. Uh, let's start, look, let's, let's not hide things. This has been a, a crazy year for everybody. Uh, so how has your, how did your summer change compared to usual what have you had to do differently this year because of everything that's going on yeah we um we approached it back in mid-may we wanted to make sure that we were out front we knew that local gyms would be opening we wanted to make sure that we provided a safe venue because we weren't sure what the local gyms would actually be doing standard wise so we made sure that we reached out to the institution got in connection to the advisory board on what 
protocols we were going to follow. We made actually a significant amount of the protocol recommendation between strength conditioning and athletic training, um, what we thought were best guidelines. Started off initially with only allowing six, six athletes in at a time, one every other rack. Um, that way they were spaced more than 12 feet apart. Um, as we showed success and not any other contaminations, we went to allowing one person per rack. Um, so on all of our cleaning procedures and stuff like that. Um, and now at this point, we're actually up to 24 athletes um, uh, per, uh, per session, so two per rack. That's about the max that we can get in safety-wise and, and still monitoring social distance. And that still allows us to track exactly who's in, who are they lifting with, just in case there are any outbreaks so that we can monitor it. You guys have been planning for this stuff since May? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's been a very, very long process um, with a lot of flexibility and a lot of communication having to happen. And I'm sure that planning process continues. What is, how have you had to change your schedule? How have you had to amend your day-to-day, month-to-month things, everything that you've had to do because of everything going on this year? Yeah, one of the hardest difficulties right now has been the extension of team seasons. So they're now pressing, for example, football is playing all the way in March. Well, normally March is our off-season training. We would normally be getting ready to do some of our first maxes at that point. And now I have to keep them in a continued athletic performance state all that time. Or better yet, we're going to decrease them in November, bring them back up in January, try to maintain for a couple months, bring them back down again, bring them back up for national championships if we qualify. And so the, the entire season being extended has been a significant challenge with that. How do you approach that? Because like you said, it's different from normal. There is no real off-season, at least not at the time that the athletes and the coaches are used to. So you've got to try to do that, the, the tapering off, and then go right back on, like you said. How do you approach that? There's been a lot of discussions amongst the strength and conditioning community nationwide. We do a lot of social media connections with us, sharing ideas. Um, you know, a lot of it's been coming off of the detraining that happened. A lot of our athletes have not had access to stuff. So we're starting with extremely remedial programs, building them back up. And then if there is an outbreak and they're shut down for a couple more weeks, how do we bring them back into that process again? Because that's another challenge. Um, and that's not taking into account any of the other possible risks of, you know, cardiovascular um, challenges that they come with recovering from COVID or something like that. I don't even think we know what all those long-term effects could be yet. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is still coming out. And I think it said the Big, the Big Ten's a good example. We're doing EKG assessments for heart damage and stuff like that. We won't know that stuff for a long time. So a lot of it is waiting until the research comes out and then adjusting as it does. Well, on a more positive note, what are some of the things that you are looking forward to here for 2020? What are some of the new things that you're looking forward to? Yeah, the, the first thing is that um, for the first time, um, we have a graduate assistant. So we were able to bring on Derek Woody as a graduate assistant uh, strength conditioning coach. He is from Cal State Fullerton. Um, and then he did his internship at Metropolitan State in Denver. So um, him being a resource has been excellent. It allows us to, to um, one, cover weight room a lot better, which for really for a safety standpoint is huge when you could have 24 or in our normal busy season, 48 athletes in there, you need an extra set of eyes. It gives us the ability for one of us to be in the weight room, one of us to go out to conditioning. So now we can offer more uh, types of training. Um, and it's just another set of eyes. Um, I think he brings a different perspective to a lot of different training. And so it's good having a second input. Um, so that's great that he's on staff. I'm really excited about him being here. And then the other thing is that we have finally, after a couple of years, um, I've been pushing for velocity-based training devices to be implemented. Um, we paired with Rep1, which is a really, really up-and-coming company. They're providing us with software for us to be able to program everything. All of our iPads are now mounted at each rack. They can see exactly what their workouts are. And then the devices measure how fast they actually do every exercise. 
as I manipulate that, they're able to determine what is their power output. And if we're chasing power output, that's probably a better correlation to field performance than just chasing strength. So it allows for us to do that. Um, we're pairing up with kinesiology um, education side and doing a lot of research, whether it's validation research or other ideas that we're looking at uh, jump, repetitive jump fatiguing indexes to see if we can predict uh, risk of soft tissue injuries and therefore we'll be gathering that data from athletic training. So it's a very holistic approach that will carry over years and years from now. You said you've been hoping for something like this. You've been stumping for for a while now. What is why is that? Why have you been focused on getting velocity-based training into your into your regimen? So it's been around for you know since 2010, and most of the Division One schools already have it, um, or at least are, um, there's a significant portion. But the NAI level, it's extremely scarce. Um, you know, even in the KCAC, I only know of three institutions that are even implementing it. Um, our previous conference, I don't know of anybody in that. So I mean, in this region. I can probably name off maybe five schools that are actually doing that right now. So it kind of makes us stand out as unique. And then once again, I think that it's a better thing to focus on a power output index as a way to challenge the athlete, make the weight room competitive if we're scoring them on that, instead of just focusing on the classicals of let's just get stronger. Sure. Let's actually use something that they're going to use on the court or on the field. It's early days yet, obviously, but have you seen any sort of good results so far? Anything, any tangible things that you can actually turn into teaching points? So at this point, um, our data is still being collected. So we don't have a lot of data points, but the positive is the athlete's reaction to it. Um, they like that instant feedback. They like knowing that they're actually um, moving at the correct speeds, or many times they're always trying to beat the actual iPad software so that they're getting a better score. And so therefore, it's, it's creating that competitive drive that athletes uh, like in a weight room, and it's reinforcing that process. So that's positive no matter what. Anytime someone wants to train harder, just because of a, a, a quantitative value is beneficial. Long-term, as we're able to collect that data and do comparison, that's when they'll actually be able to see the true effects of the training. Your department is unique because we're right in the thick of fall sports season now, you know, football, soccer, volleyball, gearing up for basketball, cheer and dance in the winter. But this isn't, it's the on season for them. But your whole, your schedule year, month to month, year round is a little bit different than that, right? Yeah, though the way strength conditioning works is that our busiest time period is actually the off season. So when most of the coaches are gearing down out of season, that's when we're taking their teams on and ramping up their training. So for example, football is in a maintenance mode right now. We will focus on them in a normal year, training successively harder during Christmas and all the way through summer. So for us, as teams gear down, we're actually always training some team at a higher level because there's no off period for us. One team, spring sports are down, then we're up fall sports down and we're still up with the other with the opposite side so it's it's a non-stop thing um and it's not a negative it's a really enjoyable aspect we are always trying to prepare something for the next group and we know that there's a lot of question marks a lot of things to prepare for this year especially because as you said earlier there's the seasons are longer than ever we have football probably playing in march volleyball is going to be playing a lot longer than they normally will into january and, and february and march and soccer will also be playing in march and april things like that so it's just, I imagine there's a lot that you have to manage, a lot of scheduling, a lot of uh, planning uh, planning ahead to make sure that you are able to, like we said, taper down, bring back up, schedule your own time, schedule the facilities, keep everybody in line, if you will, even ignoring all of the other extenuating circumstances that we have. There's a lot to manage, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, um, normally it's always a challenge anyways when you're taking care of, you know, almost 350 athletes and trying to find the time slots according to the coach's practice schedule and academics. 
Um, this has made it more challenging in relation to um, figuring out all the different variables that occur because of short shutdowns or decreased um, activity prior. So it's definitely throwing a lot of curveballs, but it's one of those everybody out there is having to adjust no matter what. Um, and if you're using science on your side with any of it, it's actually not worth rip if you be able to find it out correctly. And if there's anybody to tell us about the science behind things, I'm sure that you know what's up. That's right. my goal, I hope. <laughs> well, we hope to see some of the results from some of those new, that new training, some of the new folks that you've got on hand. It's a lot of awesome stuff that you're working on here, Coach C. So thanks a lot for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Brian Seilig, Head Strength and Conditioning Coach here at Apple. Thanks for being here. Welcome back to episode three of the Eye on the Eagles podcast. We're continuing to introduce you to some other folks that you're going to see on the sidelines and behind the scenes all year here at Avalon Athletics. I'm Tim Hackett, your host this week, joined now by head dance coach and Avalon Hall of Famer, Cindy Freeman. Cindy, thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Well, let's start with the obvious. It's been a, a weird calendar year so far for everybody here in 2020. Mm-hmm. How has the summer and your preseason been different from usual this year? Well, typically we have open gym in the summer and the girls will come in on their own and work out, dance, do some things together, get to know each other. And then we'll also do a week that's prep for camp. We go to UDA camp, usually college camp um, up north, and we didn't get to do any of those things this year. So um, you don't get the chance to build the chemistry ahead of time. You don't get the chance to see everyone in person. There were some people I had not even met in person until they showed up for school because I had auditioned them by video. So it was different in that way. Um, we were all kind of strangers, for lack of a better word, I guess, when they all showed up. So we've been kind of trying to build on that since they've been here. And then when you have somebody out every once in a while because, you know, of a symptom or something, then it seems like you've kind of always got somebody missing. So it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's okay. Now that you've gotten to see everybody actually physically mm-hmm. meet them for the first time in a while last month, what can you tell us about your team this year? They are amazing. Their team chemistry is incredible. Very young team. Um, And I I tell them, I always tell them when they show up how important chemistry is. Um, So that makes me very happy. And I've told them that. um, I have told, I told them that some of my, my most successful teams have not been my most talented teams. They've been my teams with the best chemistry. So that's important more than anything. I've had some incredibly talented teams that haven't done as well because other things have kind of gotten away. So their chemistry is incredible. Their talent's incredible. I can tell they're good students. They work really hard. We had an amazing practice on Friday getting ready for thir- actually Thursday before we found out we weren't going to get yeah. to play this last week. And they were ready for the game, you know, even though we had to do everything once we got on campus as opposed to doing some of it in the summer. And I... I'm so proud of them. So proud of them because they've had a lot of adversity in the, the last few months. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's really the the top story this week. Obviously, as you know by now, the first home football game scheduled for last weekend was postponed to later on this year. We'll mm-hmm. announce a makeup date when we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that was disappointing for you and the ladies. Yeah, it was. Um, we were excited to put everything on the field that we've been working on. We have, you know, we have to, we do like 12 sidelines, which are timeouts. And then we do other things for in between quarters with the cheerleaders. And then we do uh, kickoff mini dances for during the kickoff time. And then we do halftime performance and we do fight song. And so we do a lot of prep. So we were super excited to get out in front of the crowd. And we put a lot of thought into how we were going to be on the field as compared to years past because of the way the field setup was and, we were out on the field actually Thursday practicing after football got done. And so 
we were really excited. So it, it was a letdown, but we also know that we have to be ready for anything yeah. right now and we have to be adaptable. So that's okay. And, mm-hmm. there will, and there will be plenty more home games coming up this right. year. I mean, we'll cross right. our fingers a little bit, I guess, yeah, right? That's but right. That's we're, right. we're at least expecting there will be some later on here in 2020. So sure. when we actually get to those, what can we expect? You've been working on anything new this year? Yes. Uh, we have, we're normally we bring material home from the camp that yeah. we attend and then we, that's our, those are our halftime performances. So this year, my captains, my upperclassmen are doing choreography. And then for homecoming, we always do what at camp they call demo. I don't know why they call it that. But um, it's, it's a routine that's my favorite of the year every year. We dance with cheer. So cheer does stunts behind us as we dance. And then they dance a little bit with us. And then they tumble while we stand off to the side. And it's usually about a three-minute routine. And I think it's probably everybody's favorite of the year, the crowd and ours. And so, since we didn't get to do this week's dance, we're gonna we're gonna postpone it until after homecoming. And so now we're getting ready for the homecoming dance. And I'm actually gonna be working on some music and try to pick some things out today at practice and get that cut. We're gonna actually throw it back because of our 20 year anniversary. Yeah. And when I started everything, it was 1999. So we got some music from 99 2000 we're gonna mix something up yeah so we're i'm excited hopefully all these young ladies have heard all the songs (laughs) yeah yeah. but yeah that's what we're gonna do we're gonna throw it back so anyway discovery is a is an important part of the acquisition i think they'll know some of them i Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys will do at least turn it into a good performance, yeah, even if it's the first time they've heard it. Yeah, On that note, actually, uh, you mentioned it's a milestone year this year, the 20th year of Avalanche Year Dance of Football, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool hallmark for somebody that, and mm-hmm. you've been a part of it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was office manager, and they came to me in, I guess we started talking about it probably in like 1998, 97. They said, would you start a spirit squad? And I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm honored you're asking, but that's quite a feat, you know, sure. from the ground up. So I was actually still a student here at the time, and I was in an algebra class, and I met who is currently one of my best friends now, but she, her name's Raquel, and she was a chief's chiller at the time, and she helped me start the program. Oh, cool. So she came on board and coached me for a long time, and... Uh, the first year, we had a few people who were cheerleaders that wanted to do it. So we kind of did a combined squad. Most of the people on the team were dancers. Most of them did everything. So they were on the field as cheerleaders, and they would go change, do a halftime performance. Oh, wow. and so they did everything across the board. And at the time, we still we traveled with the football team, too. So it was a lot different than it is now. Sure. Um, but anyway, so Raquel and I started it, and Sister Marie, who was the VP of Academic Affairs at the time, and she was over enrollment, she had a, a target. She said, let's try to have eight kids on the first team. Well, we had 16. Wow. Yeah. So it was exciting. Um, and it's just kind of blossomed from there. And then the next year we split to dance and cheer. And, and I just coached dance because that's what I where my love lies. Um, but yeah, so that's how it kind of all started. And it's just been a heck of a ride ever since. Aside from the sidelines and all the stuff that you guys do during football games at home, what does competition season look like, especially this year? Because I imagine, you know, things are maybe a little bit up in the air. Well, last year we got canceled right before we went. So we actually, for the first time ever, had a year without a competition. We oh. got canceled because of COVID. So um, this year, uh, UDA and UCA that we go to typically is on Martin Luther King holiday weekend. And we found out a couple weeks ago that they're going to, looks like, postpone that. Um but I don't know how much of that is dependent on what's going on with the bigger schools and now that the Big Ten's playing again. 
I don't know if that could change the way if they postpone or not. I, I, I feel like, I don't know that for a fact, but I feel like that was probably one of the reasons they were postponing because the Big Ten dance teams and cheer teams are huge at national. Sure. And if they can't have athletics, they can't be there practicing and learning choreography because you obviously, to get ready for nationals, it takes months. Yeah. You can't just show up the week before and try to get ready. <laughs> so um, if I was to guess... I would say it's going to be postponed to a little bit later. Plus, we compete down at Wide World of Sports, which is where the NBA is currently playing at. So that could also have an impact on what we do because they're using one of the facilities that we use for nationals. And the NBA probably <laughs> has a little higher stature than we do. You know, a little more clout. Perhaps. Um, and then we also, hopefully that will happen, and then we'll also compete in the KCAC at our conference yeah. competition this year. There's a lot going on. Like I didn't yeah. realize, yeah. Like, I didn't, I think I'm not alone in saying I'm not, I didn't realize just how extensive your schedule was. Mm, it's pretty crazy. And you personally have a busy schedule as well because there's there's no down period. The recruiting season never stops. Mm -hmm. uh, you were telling me a little bit earlier about uh, some of the events, some of the different types of, uh, types of uh, for lack of a better word, events that you go to so you can scout right. prospective dancers all year long, which is a pretty interesting story. Right. Um, we actually do combines now. Like, you know, I, in my first time hearing what a combine was, was had something to do with a football combine. <laughs> exactly. But we actually do those now. We have, I've always went to events to recruit, but typically they would be like regional dance competitions for high schools and junior highs and state competition, things like that. And we would set up a table and people could come by and visit. My, my team would do an exhibition performance. They would walk around and talk to recruits. I would judge at some of the events, and that would also kind of give me an inside look at everything. And in the past probably three or four years, we we did host a kind of a combine ourselves here a few years ago, and then we quit doing it because we weren't having a great turnout at the time of year we were trying to do it. But now there's probably about five or six a year I go to, and they're all over the place. A lot of them are Kansas City. I go to Omaha. I actually just got an email today from the people that run the national organization and they're going to do a virtual combine this year. So we're going to get to see young ladies from all over the country and they're going to send us videos. And that is in October. And I literally just was emailing back and forth today. So I'm also going to do that one. It, I would, I haven't done that one before because typically I would have had to travel quite a ways. Sure. So, and, and just the timing of it wouldn't work well with our season. So I am going to do that one as well. Um, Typically, I go to Omaha, St. Louis, um, a few different competitions in the area. And then I do something unique, which is I travel and go watch studio competitions, too, which I don't know of any other college coaches that do that. But I do go to the ones here locally, and I watch some of the ones that are in the four-state area virtually if they're online. And I recruit that way as well. It's so, so extensive. There's like so many different mm -hmm. ways mm -hmm. to for you to meet prospective dancers, for them mm -hmm. to perhaps meet you. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize just how expansive that system was. Well, and what's interesting about dance that's different than a lot of other sports is I recruit against other schools that aren't like us. Like some of the some of the young ladies that I'm looking at for my competitive team are ladies that are looking at other big schools. Sure. Whereas sometimes with other sports, they're probably recruiting against more like schools, you know, like conference schools or heart schools or whatever. So I'm looking at young ladies that are auditioning at big schools like KUMU, Missouri State, Northwest. And then I'm also looking at young ladies who, some of them have aspirations of dancing professionally, sure. you know, whether it's on a cruise ship or it's out in LA or it's in New York or it's at a 
performing arts university like TAPS or PACE or somewhere. So um, ours, our sport is really different in the different routes the young ladies can take. So it, it's pretty competitive trying to recruit in our sport. Okay. Yeah. Well, different isn't necessarily a bad thing necessarily. No, but no it's awesome. And yeah. even though this year has been different, we're looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing you guys out on the sideline, hopefully very soon, coming up in October. Mm -hmm. Our first scheduled home game is, home football game, I should say, is homecoming, which right, is right. going to be a heck of a debut for all of us. But right, uh, we're sure. looking forward to that. That's all the time we got this week, Cindy. Thank you so much for being here with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Eye on the Eagles. I've been Tim Hackett for Cindy Freeman, Brian Silek, Melissa Shipman, and all of us here at Avala Athletics. We'll see you next time. Until then, so long.